This is the Business Tech Playbook, your source for IT help for your business. You hear good how good that tastes? <laughs> and we're live. Uh, I'm your host, Rob Zolson. I'm your host, BJ Pote. I just want to complain uh, to you, uh, listening audience, because I have no one else to complain to. I'm in Minnesota. He's in uh, Redlands, California. And you have Del Taco. All right? We do. I hate you to your core because Del Taco is far superior to Taco John's, uh, where I'm at in the Midwest. The only thing that we have that's superior on the Taco John's menu is we have these things called potato olays. I don't know if you've had them before or you even have a Taco John's close to you. What's a Taco John's? Uh, it's a terrible excuse for this like Midwestern Tex-Mex like thing. Not Jose's or something? Uh, they, okay, you know what a tater tot is, right? I do. All right, so you know like they have those little tater wheels. They're small tater tots, right? Okay. They have potato rounds, and they have this special kind of half zesty seasoning that us Midwesterns call spicy, and they are addicting. Ketchup? No, no, it's it's a, like it's a dry seasoning they put on these oh, deep fried potato that rounds. Good. They call them potato olays, and we treat them like they're like French fried heroin. It's really good. Welcome to Business Tech Playbook, where we talk about Del Taco and pretty much everything but IT. Well, today but hopefully that keeps you entertained and coming back. Right, so like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Today we got to go uh, over because it's again for us the beginning of the 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 new year the calendar year but a lot of people this is not necessarily the beginning of a fiscal year fiscal years change they have to plan either per quarter or they start their fiscal years july maybe in on the uh, end of the first quarter but even if you started january 1st i hope someone goes back to this for next year we got to talk about planning your it fiscal responsibility Instead of uh, just being reactive, we have to actually plan those dollars so that when you go back and ask, hey, this laptop blew up, instead you could have had a plan the whole time and said, hey, we have a uh, upgrade path on when we should have replaced it all along. Well, exactly. And I know we've covered this a little bit in previous podcasts, but we wanted to kind of talk about how to budget for IT and then some kind of round numbers to expect as you're you're looking at what the costs look like and how I know how we charge, but then that gives you some idea of how to kind of look through how you can calculate numbers and kind of what it would look like. So if I add an employee, it's going to add about X amount of dollars to my, my spend every month. So not only are you calculating their burdened labor rate for, you know, so their hourly, their taxes, their insurance, whatever benefits are tied to that. IT is part of that burdening in my opinion. And if, so that if you're a manager, what that looks like. if you're a manager or a business owner, you don't want to sit there and go, man, how much are you going to cost me to grow? No, you want to know that it's going to cost you four people to grow and do this particular job. And you already know that that employee loaded labor. That means how much it costs for benefits, how much it costs for taxes, how much it costs for that wages and how much all of the IT spend is all going to hit for that, uh, that employee for that year. Growing forward, how much is going to go so you don't have anything holding you back and you have a path forward? Absolutely. And we're going to talk about some kind of round numbers, round ideas. And so it's going to vary per industry. We know that. And we'll explain a little bit about what we mean by that. So a professional service industry, so legal, accounting, engineering, is very, the employees have to have computers, right? Like the computer is the only tool that they have. Obviously, the person is part of that tool set but you're probably going to want to spend more and invest more on your per user 
spend or whatever that looks like because they're typically higher wage earners. They're typically going to be more expensive employees. And so your percentage of spend is probably going to be a little bit higher than say maybe a contractor who's got 70 employees but only 20 people in an office. And so that's going to bring their per u- per employee spend down a little bit, but that doesn't mean again it goes back to and also what's your reliance on technology. Now we want to give you the tools, the numbers that you've uh, put into those figures are definitely going to be very much unique to your business. So Absolutely 100%. To start, we want to, instead of just telling you, "Hey, software is going to cost this much, uh hardware is going to cost this much, you're going to have to have this for this user, you're going to have these tools." Just like we said, each industry is going to have separate tools. We want to instead bake all of your math down to not only a per user, but we want to slice that up into a uh, per user per month cost. So Exactly. Just like I would do my own house. I I sit down my own personal finances. You sit down and you go, what's my mortgage? What's my electricity? What's my insurance? What is my groceries? What's my cell phone bill? I got to put Netflix in there. Got to put my Spotify. You crunch it. Get some Amazon Prime because you know that's going to happen, right? You crunch it down. You crunch it down. You add all of the uh, ticky tacks in there. And you know that at the end of the day, X is what it's going to cost me and then what I'm left over at the end of the day for my capex to either reinvest in the rest of the company, keep uh, for a rainy day fund, uh, whatever I need to do. So same goes for you shouldn't treat your IT spend any differently. If uh, you have an employee in there, it should be per employee. And don't just generalize because your employees' departments are different, your roles are different. It should be by role and by department. So let's pick on a a single business. You have, let's uh, pick on a, what business would you like to pick on, BJ, actually? Well, we could talk, we were actually just literally talking about one of our clients. It's a tile distribution company. So they manufacture and distribute tiles across the country. And so I was running some rough numbers before this podcast to kind of get an idea of what their total spend is. And so part of what we do as a managed service provider is we gather all of your technology spend that we know about and can ask about. And so on a yearly basis, we go back and revisit what contracts do you have? What are you spending on? Let me pull it up here and I'll actually just list off the things we have documented for this client. Before that, just uh, you pull that up, have that handy. Uh, before that, this particular company, you know, it's a, m- a medium large business. They have different departments. So they're going to have yep. an accounting department. They're going to have a sales department. They're going to have manufacturing department. They're going to have a secretary up front. Each one of those different departments and roles each have a separate. We're not going to just lump an average uh, cost. It would be nice to uh, do that. But when you put there, a secretary is going to cost you a different amount. than accountant's going to cost you a different amount. But the IT spend as a general they're still going to have a 365 uh, license for their email, their software. They're still going to have to have access to their time clock. They're still going to have to have access to what we call their core software. So for IT spend, generally, we at least have a base, and then we have specific uh, ones. So if they're an engineer or marketing, there might be a specific IT spend for maybe Adobe or CAD products. If they're uh, working for an accounting firm, they have special accounting products. Maybe it's Sage or something else. Each one would have what we'd like to put in their specific role. So continue from there since you have numbers close by. Yeah, of course. So the tile manufacturer, for example, they use an ERP called Sage 100. So Sage 100 is about 30 grand a year, right? So that's their licensing and support costs for Sage. Then they have an ERP vendor, which helps them support Sage. 
and that's about another twenty to thirty thousand dollars a year on top of that. And then they also charge for upgrade projects. So they just went from twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty three. And that was about a you know, about an eighteen to twenty thousand dollar project for them and probably around ten for us because it was just a it was a lot of work involved. These guys use Office three sixty five, they have internet, so they have two internet connections, they have Adobe Creative Cloud, they have their phone provider, they have um, effects, they have their copier contract, they have a sauna, they have their label printers, all the things that go into like a warehouse type event or space. Cell phones, like we're tracking, we literally will just go in and ask, you know, what softwares are you using? How much are they costing? And add them into our contract crunching tool effectively. Calculator for a better word. Yeah, for lack of a better word. And we literally just track how much our clients are spending on IT every month. And so when I show them what their budget looks like, it usually freaks them out. So for this company, they're spending about 250000 a year on technology. When they initially see that, they're like, wow, we're paying you that much? And it's like, whoa, 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 no. Like, we're a piece of that, right? Like, we're, we should always be part of that number. But at the end of the day, it's like, this is about your total spend on technology. And that's, so in that 250 is also their planning for equipment replacement. So in almost all, in almost all scenarios, our goal is we generally try to map out equipment replacements one to two years in advance. So because then we're not coming back to them every single day saying, Hey, give me money. Like this thing broke there. There's a lot more ability to plan stuff. Yeah. So, so checking out the list, our, our goal by the end of this thing is that per employee per month and per role, we will be able to set, say, this is how much that role is going to cost and then have it budgeted out. The next step is, like you said, we're going to plan hardware replacements. So a good goal to have is laptops don't last forever. Uh, they're going to have a end of life, and if they're going to last longer than that, they're going to do an injustice to your users. And when I say that, if you have a mind like, oh, my laptop lasts way longer than that, trust the uh, trust us when we say that that laptop's going to be much slower and going to make you so much more inefficient that we could have saved you the time of efficiency to give you back more money than you could have ever spent on three laptops just by replacing the darn thing in the first place. So if you're not in a replacement program, used to be, for some really cheap companies, seven-year replacement strategy. Uh, Don't do that. We recommend five at the bare minimum, but it used to be seven-year replacement strategy. Five-year replacement strategy is the longest we we would recommend in my mind. Correct. And so to to your point, like we, we spend a lot of time thinking through the life cycle of stuff, right? And that's the part that's really important. And then also understanding the role of the person. So a secretary or like a front desk reception, like unless they're doing a lot of like creative creation or like creative work, like Adobe Acrobat Pro, like different Acrobat suite or different at Adobe suite pieces, like they probably are okay with a standard business laptop or desktop. And that standardized business laptop or desktop typically is going to be on a three to five year replacement cycle. But you're also probably paying that person at least California minimum wage is $15, $16 an hour. So you figure if you can, with the amount of improvement that you get on a computer every three years, well, if you can speed up what they do, 5 10% per year, uh, at that three-year replacement cycle, you start getting a 15 to 30% efficiency improvement every, you know, every replacement cycle. Or it maybe it's working fine. And you just know that that person is going to get a replacement when their computer dies. And it's it's like you're not paying them enough for it to matter. Right. But then if you have an engineer that you're paying 150 bucks an hour, well, gaining back even 1% 
of efficiency on that person is going to pay off a very expensive computer every every year. Now, when you have this, take this plan and take every uh, serial number uh, that you would purchase, say it's the Dell, Lenovo, take the serial numbers when you purchase this computer, put it on an Excel sheet and hand this to your accountant. Your accountant's going to smile. They're going to see this as an asset depreciation list and they're going to love you to death. When you give this to them, they're going to say, hey, I bought this computer, let's pretend it's two grand. They're going to look at that $2,000 and they're going to allocate that $2,000 spend and let it depreciate on the tax books every year for like that $2,000 spread over that five years. They're going to love you for that. By the time that hits, it's not going to fiscally hit the books all at once. So that cap expenditure is spread over the five years, making your accountants happy. And if you make your accountants happy, we did our job, honestly. Well, and like, that's so much of it. Like, I don't give tax advice because I mean, I don't play an accountant on TV, but at the end of the day, it's, we try to know enough about how a business operates because we are a business and we being, being one of the, being one of the owners, like I spent a lot of time thinking through how do we, how does this impact our bottom line? Right. And as I'm sure you are as well, the goal is to know what you're spending, why you're spending it and how is it going to impact you? Right. And then at the same time, like what's the return on my investment? We talk a lot about CapEx and, you know, you're, you've been talking about CapEx. That's typically where I would look at it for, you need to drop 20 grand on a server or, you know, 2000 on a laptop or desktop or whatever. Capital expenditures. Capital. Yeah, exactly. One of our clients is a, about a 70 person law firm. They finance everything. So like we're monthly service, like we, because of how we've worked with them, almost everything we do with them is basically subscription based. So they just bought 10 laptops for 600 bucks a month. Yeah, they don't need to and do so, the funny accounting. And so like they just literally, they're gonna have it on their books for five years. Then at that point, everything, they keep paying that 600 bucks a month, they get new laptops. Yeah, they, 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 there's no hit to cap apps, plus they show that they have the asset. So again, we're not accountants here, but it is basic uh, knowledge that when you have a business and you report that you own something, that's much better on the books. So when you have a business and you own a, you know, the land, when you own the building, when you own the vehicle, when you own this, you can literally show that against the tax rate that, and it helps out the books immensely. And the computers work the same way and they want to depreciate the value against that and it helps them no matter where you live in the United States uh, on their taxes. And when you do this, not only did you not have to write the check for the two grand, you depreciate it the same way and you spend over time no hit to the capex where do you lose in that scenario you just you made your accountants happy you kept your checkbook uh intact and you still paid it over time exactly well and that's one of the things that we've been helping this law firm a lot with like so they've they've grown 25 to 30 people in the last two years so they've had substantial amounts of growth which is amazing right like that's been great for them and great for us but that means they're being really careful with their cash flow. And so now that, you know, since they can pay it out monthly, as a law firm, they get paid monthly 30, 60, 90 days out. And so they're very protective of any cash on hand. And so they're just, they really prefer that payment cycle. Some of our clients are very extremely cash rich and would way rather just cash pay. But like, again, part of our job as your enterprise IT department and what your IT department should be asking for is a seat at the table when it comes to budgeting and anything that involves, you know, like planning out that replacement cycle and saying it's still working isn't a valid reason. Just because something is still on is not a valid reason to keep it. And it doesn't matter if you're cash rich or not. 
you can't tell me a business that is cash, you know, has cash on hand, wouldn't go use that cash for something else in their business. You know, just because they have it doesn't mean they can't use it elsewhere. You know, just just saying, just saying. Uh, next thing is the same, not just for hardware, but plan renewals. So even people that plan, you know, hey, laptops need to be replaced. So does your software. I've seen many times, especially with people changing the way that uh, software is done in the last 15 years, that people hold on to these antique office licenses and think that because they purchase Office 2010, that is long expired out of support, can't even handle email anymore, and they held on to it. Well, I bought the program. I own that software. That They're thinking it's going to keep going. <laughs> software doesn't work that way. There's an expiration date even if you, quote-unquote, purchased the license to own it. It just doesn't work that way, and you have to plan mm -hmm. for the end of life on it, and you have to replace it, just like you replace a computer. Well, it, my aunt is a great example of this. Love her dearly. Well, I bought the I bought the software. It should keep working exactly like it's been working. And I'm like, well, no. Like, in a perfect vacuum, I agree with you. But nothing in the world is a perfect vacuum, right? Like, the office gets updates. Like, if there weren't bad guys out there, if there weren't hackers, if there weren't, like... It's like to my aunt, hey, you, you expect your laptop to be able to go online now and go to websites, right? So if in a perfect vacuum 15 years ago when you bought this laptop and version of WordPerfect, I think is what she was using, you couldn't even go on the internet. But now you expect it to be able to do the same thing. You're expecting it to be able to do all this new stuff, but it's good enough. It's part of why we really encourage, well, not encourage, all of our clients are required to be on a certain licensing of 365 because then we just roll out the latest version of Office 365 on their their desktop and their laptop, and everyone's on the exact same version. Yeah, so if you're on uh, QuickBooks, plan plan your upgrades. Uh, I've seen so many times where people are on a old version, they never plan the upgrades, they let it go uh, back too far, and now they're scrambling because they're no longer under support. They have to move big company files for a nice size company forward. Half of their stuff broke, and now they're paying thousands of dollars to someone to hope they're going to get most of their data back. Uh, don't do that. Plan ahead, and not only that, some uh, not only if you have an if that has a path forward. But it generally costs more the longer you wait, and well, you're you, going to certainly pay me more the longer you wait. Yeah, you're going to pay you. You're going to pay us more the longer you wait. You're going to pay a different upgrade path for some of the licensing because you waited uh, different uh, different paths potentially on the software, and the time frame uh, and things that you're losing in efficiencies alone on some of those upgrades. Not to mention security. There's just many different reasons to plan that, but. I've been in scenarios where I've come into a new environment. Sure, they've been responsible. They planned laptop renewals, hardware renewals, but then they're like, hey, we have to upgrade the software. It's not going to work anymore. Well, we don't have that in the budget. What are we going to do now? They never planned it out. Now we have an extra, like you said, Sage cost 30, 30K you know, for that uh, one particular uh, customer. You know, now we have to sit there, unplanned 30K, because no one sat there and told the uh, experts that this, you know, three years ago was told to us, no one planned it in the books. Well, and so that's part of, so some of these softwares, like you should be doing a yearly upgrade. Or like, for example, 365, you're typically getting monthly updates to Office. And so the nice part about a monthly update to Office is you get security releases, you get feature releases, and it's a very small iterational change. But if you go from Office 2007 to the current version of Office 365, you are not going to know how to send an email. 
you're not going to know how to create a new document. So much has changed in the last 15 years, even going from like Office 2013 to 16 to the current version of Office 365 is a big, huge difference. Same kind of thing. So in this example with Sage, the company will only support up to three years of software. So they will support back to 2021 now. And so this, the company we were in question, sometime back in January, February, I told them, hey, you're no longer going to get support from Sage this year. And I actually told them about three months before the end of the year. But last year was a, a harder year. For, well, 2022 was a harder year for them. And they were willing to push it off because it was an acceptable risk. So sometime March, April, I started bringing it back up again. Hey, we're no longer able to get support from Sage. And they're like, okay, let's start getting this planned. We're in a good place now. So finally, we went where we worked with the vendor, got everything scheduled, figured out what the costs were be, got, got it approved. And they finally went live like October, November this year. Was it a longer planning cycle than I would have liked? Yes, but they are now good again for three more years. They're still having to pay software maintenance. They could upgrade every single year if they wanted, but they don't necessarily need to do that pro professional service spend every single year. Right. And th that's a great example of how you got you to gotta find the financial and business risk combination. You know, sometimes, you know, doing it every year doesn't quite fit, but stay in the window of support and know mm. that you're making a conscious decision and don't just like, well, I ignored it because that's not acceptable. Make a conscious risk, document why you did it. That way you can go back to the drawing board and go, we couldn't have it this time. Here's why and here's how we'll address it differently because of it. Because let's say people change jobs or different roles. I guarantee someone else wants that data. Well, and that's exactly it, is it's it's understanding the risk. Like it's businesses, I, I, I did a lunch and learn today at one of our bigger clients and was just talking about security awareness and how to be, you know, what each of these things meant. And like everything we do is on a, is on a, a sliding scale, right? So one being terrible and 10 being perfect. And so replacing, say, upgrading Sage only every three years, like realistically, as long as it's under support, that's about an eight for me, seven or eight. Like the risk is pretty low. It's a pretty good outcome doing it every three years. Not having security on your endpoints is a one. Like it's everything's a sliding scale and it's trying to find the best business outcome for the dollar spent. Yeah, just like ease versus security. You know, how secure do you want to make it versus how hard do you want to make it to work, you know? That's uh, everything's Perfectly a compromise is, is, is everyone's back to using something with no internet. Right. Then we're back to the stone age, uh, which next is cool, but it's right. It's, it's, it's constantly a balancing act of like security and efficiency. Right. So you've planned uh, hardware replacements. You've planned re software renewals. What growth have you done? And this is the bigger question. So sure. You've, you've done your normal, just everything stayed the same in your business questions for hardware and software. The, thing is how's stuff changing sometimes you have to draw it back maybe uh you're you're downsizing and scaling but we're a positive company here and we're gonna we're, we're gonna focus on your growth if you're downsizing that's that's a different uh, conversation you can message us and if you really want to podcast on us we'll help we'll help with it but we're gonna focus on growth today so you know how are you growing are, are you gonna need more servers you're gonna need more hardware are you gonna need more employees you need a licensing different types of licensing more importantly growth di dictates different types of changes so when you're doing this and you're do doing a different type of growth and you're getting you know four different people on it's not just just, hey, I'm going to add four users to, uh, to well, we'll say Sage. It's generally, I'm going to, you know, be doing a different, let's say, marketing. 
I'm going to be doing a different type of software this time. I have to research it. I have to figure out how I can incorporate from two people to six people, which this software won't work with. I have to incorporate different types of printers instead of just using the one small printer. Now I have to have a multifunction printer to handle all the different copies and I have to scale. It's a different question than just simply, well, it's going to cost that same CapEx. No, I have to change my business. It, it's a different scaling question. And you have to have that with your department uh, leads. You know, it's not just four more people. And if it is, great, but have the conversation with them. Okay, four more people. How, how, what else is changing? Well, we're going to be right. moving to a different office. Oh, well, we're going to have to have different cubicles. Well, we're going to be doing this conference room. All of that needs to go underneath a per department growth category. This year, we are upgrading into blank. Well, to your point, like we have a we have a, a client who I don't know three or four years ago when we brought them on was like, I need a server that's going to last me five years. It's like, okay, cool. What's your like? What's your growth plan look like over the next five years? I think at the time they had you know ten or twelve employees and four or five like dental operatories, right? And he's like, oh, we're going to probably add two more ops and like, you know, five or six more employees. Like we're not planning on growing a ton until we can move our new building. Cool. Like this should do the job for you really well. He's come back to me a couple like since, and I've, and I've talked to him about it since. I really think you need to look at upgrading and doing these two or three things. Well, you told me and promised me it'd be last for five years. Well, you also went to 25 employees and 10 ops with 40 computers, which is... Not at all like, what you gave me for numbers. Double what we talked about. So it's still working. It's still doing fine. But like, if you want it to be great, this is my recommendation. And so like, the earlier you can involve like IT, like we're not, we do our best to see around the corner. But at the same time, like it's... And you did see around the corner. Clearly, did, you, you doubled his expectations up. and you're, we're still maintaining stability somehow. Like, good on you. Right, a little bit of applause there, uh, but still, that uh, <laughs> that is the the life that we have to live. We have to predict the future because not even you can give us an a- accurate estimate as a business owner. And that's okay. Like our, that's a good that's, problem. It's a great problem, and I'd way rather have that problem than others. But at the same time, it's just it's figuring out what like what that scale looks like and how do we do it. And you hit the nail on the head when you're doing this uh, growth report. Not only do you have to give the dollars and what it's for, but you have to give the measurement behind it. So in the comments of each one of these, when you're making a business a business report and saying this is what I need to spend over the x amount of time, you need to put why. I'm adding four users, and this is supposed to last this long for this many users. So that when they come back and they, they go right back to you, and you're an IT guy or you're a CFO, and they said, hey, 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 this last five years, well, guess what? This was in my notes. It says here why. That's what it was supposed to last for. That's a good problem now, and let's, uh, let's put some more money at it. Well, And so the other piece of that is very rarely is it a complete loss of spend, right? So... Like the conversation I had with this specific uh, CFO was you've had really, you've had like 50% more growth than we talked about and it's still working. Is it, are reports like five seconds slower? Yes, they are. Here's how I would recommend solving that. Well, you told me we didn't need to replace. Well, you told me 50% less growth. And so like we have this conversation and it's like, but the nice part is I'm not going to say throw the server away, but if we add a new one, we can move part of it over and now you already have double the resources to split that load. 
you don't have to move 100% of things around. So it's the old server will still be there and good for two more years, but we only use it for part of the part of their needs, right? Right. So definitely define growth, be mature, and document exactly what your anticipation at that moment was so you can go back and reflect on how you've grown or how you haven't met that. Then you have a fiscal responsibility. And people forget this step. I don't know why. You have a fiscal responsibility that when it comes to budget season, you have to redefine and be mature and think about how to trim the fat. And I think a great way, especially in IT, to do that Um, that I find uh, businesses that have grown from small, medium, or medium to large, is that defining roles is really a good way of uh, doing that. You see too often that people just get what they ask for. And that's fine that you're accommodating your employees. That's one thing. But giving someone a sixth monitor, giving someone, you know, other, their their third laptop because they uh, want a desktop at their station because they don't want to plug into a dock, you know, getting somebody their own printer when their printer's 20 feet away in the hallway and it costs them, costs them less. I can give you many different uh, ways that cost, and that printer, by the way, in that example, costs $600 a month for the user. In the example that uh, I'm giving here, uh, that was actual real dollars from the uh, contract that cost them. Define well, and roles. So, and, and I want to I take that thought there. If this is a ultra high income individual who has a very specific talent set. $600 might be worth it. a $600 a month printer there might be worth it. Right. And I want to be clear, like as an IT person, our, our job isn't to judge. Our job is to help you solve problems. Correct. And, but it's just, it's around budgeting what to expect. And so if you have a, an office full of ultra high wage earners, you probably should spend more, like the amount of technology spend will probably be a smaller percentage of their total income, but you probably should spend more frequently on them. Right. So here, here's the measurements and how I'd like to give you recommendations on how to start. First, define what they need. What is required for the job? I'm going to pick on myself. I'm a technician, right? I'm, I'm going to need at least two monitors, you know? I, I need to work on two monitors simultaneously. Three is probably a bit much. Maybe I, I'll work on certain projects and I can request that in the future. I'm going to need a keyboard. I'm going to need a mouse. I'm going to need a laptop. Uh, I might need a printer in the future. Uh, I'm going to need access to my cell phone. You know, you define that role. Maybe an accountant would need a special calculator. Maybe a contractor would need a toolkit. And you define the role and make sure that they get everything precisely to like a role matrix. We talked about this before in working with your HR department with IT. So in that role matrix defines what they get, including softwares. Company softwares, they get their 365, they get Office 365, they get their emails, they get their PDF editor, they get their Sage, their company programs, and everything is defined to their role. After that, if they want, I'm gonna make something, we're gonna pick a, make up a company. If they want Blueberry Pancakes PDF, because they didn't like Adobe PDF, you know what? Blueberry pancakes PDF. You know what? The, uh, what they should do is you stop there. You, you're not the guy that says no, BJ. Right? You shouldn't be the guy that says no. You're a happy guy. You're the CFO. You're a nice guy. Instead, you should look them straight in the face and say, all right, Robbie, what's the business need? Give me a business case. Here's a, here's a piece of paper. I want you to come back and I want you to def- define me a business case. And on that business case, it should say either I bring you a lot of money and I really need this 
or it should say this is going to save the company this much money because it's more efficient than X and maybe I should replicate blueberry pancake PDF instead of Adobe because it saved us that much money and you either well, won right off the exception because that guy's a, a winner and th that extra X money a month let's pretend like the printer was worth it or two it's something that you should probably adopt to everybody else exactly it like I was having a conversation with our engineer, one of our bigger clients are an engineering firm. And so they're very high wage earners on average inside the company doing very complicated things. And she's like, she, to her credit, the director of operations is doing a phenomenal job in getting us a list of all the software that they need to do their job properly. And was like, how do we make this better on the standardized, standardizing and onboarding? Like, well, who actually needs what? Like, is there a, like, we need to know who's in the group. Like, does en do, do engineers need all of these tools? Well, but you want it to be perfectly standardized, but then some people get Blueberry PDF 19 and some get Blueberry PDF 21. So, like, if you want it to be perfectly standardized, then perfectly standardize it. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no, you know... You're, you're picking it, and choosing based upon uh, who, right. who your winners are, which is not, a, not necessarily the worst thing, but you're not standardizing. Right. And so it's be okay knowing that you're not standardizing if you're picking and choosing mm -hmm. or standardize and just be okay with paying that a little bit extra and having to manage less. I'm, I'm going to make people angry by saying this. I don't care. Bring it on. Uh, the world's unfair, right? Not everybody is equal. Not, not everything on the, the planet is uh, I get my equal share and you get your equal share, BJ. And in the light of that, I just have to deal with it. Some people are going to make more money for the company. Some people are going to be more valued than other people in the company. And if some people whine and complain and get something because they're a valuable asset to the company, I don't care. Do it. If it's a, if it keeps them happy and it's a business asset and you wanted to write it off that that's a business, uh, business plan, do it. Know that it's a conscious decision and it wasn't just someone that made it. Document it. Follow the money. Make sure it's there. And it's a conscious business decision. Don't be like the what we talked about renewals, where you just ignored it, and now it's eating you in the face. You know, document it. Go forward. It can be unfair, but you made that decision going forward based upon that person's earnings. Well, and for example, to your very decision today, or case yet today, like I literally bought Microsoft Copilot, which came out to general release. I think it's still beta release, but I it finally came down to companies in our size, like that one to 300 range. Sure. And I bought two licenses yesterday. I gave one to myself and I gave one to Brandon. Not because I don't value everyone else and it's not that we won't necessarily get one to everyone else, but I don't know if it's worth it yet. BJ, that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> I think to, your, to what you just said, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> Life's not fair. Uh, That's how it's going to be. Business decisions are going to be made. Just make sure that uh, you're, you're noting them. You're writing. Uh, you're, you're writing them down, and you're, you're not just letting them go by the wayside. Because then you're going to have everybody in the company starting to just have a pistol in their pocket, shooting left and right, and buying softwares all over the place. I promise that's what that will happen. Please reference our Shadow IT Rogue IT episode where we talk about people just using the company Amex and standing up new software. Yes. Like the amount of time we find, we, we get this expectation of support. Help me with this piece of program or this program. And it's like, we've never seen that before. Right. You didn't even tell us you used it. And now, like, I, I don't want to say the writing off without looking, business. I don't want to say write off on it without going through your IT to make sure it's secure. 
that's that's understanding that this has already been approved by IT saying it's a clean program and it's at least safe. That has to be done first. But if if it's safe, vetted, you know, we're just saying it's an expense. Which is, you know, which is why we don't recommend using desktop goose. Um, <laughs> it's safe. Listen to one of darn previous it. episodes. It's, it's safe. It's not not for a business computer. Sorry. No, it's not. No, uh, shoot. Put that on your daughter's computer. Watch watch her play uh, with it. No. Uh, now again, I does have to. I do have to stress that if you have a hundred. Uh, employee company and you start writing those off you know where, where's your line between standardization how are you going to save money and writing it off again business case is is the the way of going forward well and something we were, we were talking about some basic facts before we got on the podcast and something that i've consistently heard and something i've consistently observed and just kind of pay attention to is like what percentage of spend should people be should a small to medium business spend like what percentage of gross revenue should they spend on IT? And if you look at a couple of different sites, you typically see that companies under 5 million in revenue tend to spend around 7%, just under 7% of their revenue on IT. If you look at a mid-sized company, like 5 to 20 million in revenue, around 4%, a little over 4%. And then companies over 20 million in revenue spend around 3%. So, And that's such a hard figure because every business is a different type of snowflake. So there'll, there'll be exceptions to the rule where some are 37%. So you really dial it into what you have. So when you're looking that up, go to, if you're a dental office, do that by of your lo- your industry. Don't go by the national yeah. average. You know, find your industry and then look up those metrics. You know, for a, let's pick it up, like a 25-person dental office, what am I looking against, you know? Well, and so to your exact point, we benchmark ourselves against other managed service IT providers. And so what that means is we've standardized our our finances against a benchmarking company so we can know if we're on track or not. The auto industry did this a lot with something called the 20. It was a uh, peer group where people basically showed how, what they were doing for marketing, for finance, for IT, all of these different areas of their business. And they started comparing you know, why are you spending 10% of your income on marketing and you only get this kind of return and this person spending 4% and getting this kind of return and allowed them to start standardizing what things should cost. Chances are your industry has something similar. There's some kind of industry benchmarking and the numbers we're giving are going to be fairly generalized, right? But as an IT company, we probably spend closer to 12 or 14% of our gross revenue on technology because it's extremely important on saving headcount. So if we didn't spend the amount of money that we did on IT or like technology, we would probably need to hire another person or two. So it's just a function of what makes sense for your business. Are there industry specific numbers that you can go look at? That way you know you're being competitive. If your closest competitor is out spending you two to one, we'll figure out what they're spending it on. And it might be a waste of money, but if they're winning, what are they doing to win? Now, I tried to do some uh, other metrics just to do more vanilla metrics on that per employee cost that we're trying to hit. Looking at this, go using more global data, we're looking at per employee per year of the lower end, $2,500 per employee per year for just software. The higher, uh, the not higher end spend, the more normal spend is $3,500 on just software for the employee. For one, for just just software, nothing else. And so that might seem really high, but then you realize 
if they're getting business premium, that's $22 per user. If they're getting phones, that's $15 per user or 20, you know, generally I would bake kind of voice into that potentially. I don't know what numbers. That is absolutely uh, trying to bake into that. Yes. Because most of the, the phone providers are all software based. They're all software based now. Mm-hmm. Like, so if you're spending three grand a month on your Sage divided by 50 people, that's around a hundred bucks or hundred bucks per user per month. If you have a sauna, that's $35 per user. If you have Adobe Creative Cloud, that's probably 55 for the, between 50 and 60 uh, for the top end one. Your other line it of business apps, now. your accounting softwares, right. your who knows QuickBooks what is calendar integrations. Year, so, your but it's only for three users. So, you know, it's, again, it's, it's understanding what, what you have and what you spend it on. And then, for example, like for us, to do managed services for our clients, it's around $225 per user per month. And so for our clients, it's pretty common to spend, you know, three to five or $600 per employee per month on technology. I'll say that's per user, not necessarily per employee uh, per month. But then that's a very budgetable number. And that's usually also including all their hardware, you know. Yeah. Uh, so that bigger company we talked about at the beginning, they're about a $75 million a year company. When I do the math, the amount of money they're spending is about twenty-five dollars to $30,000 a month on average, but it's less than 2%, less than 3%. Now, they did have some stats, and they did say that, uh, a fun fact, that when you have a managed service provider, <laughs> your average spends are generally lower because you have someone watching it. Because you have less of the manager writing off exceptions for their favorite employees on different softwares and other expenditures that were doubling up on softwares that they didn't need. So that's a fun fact. So for example, this company, I just, I did the math because apparently I can't do it in my head right off the top. I know we don't have a hundred percent of their technology spend documented, but we're within probably 2000 to $3,000 a month. They're spending less than a percent. They're spending a third of a percent. Hard flex, baby. And and they're one of our bigger clients, right? Man, we're like and the DoorDash of their life, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah, especially when automated reports don't run. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Sorry. Dealing with no, I mean, it, like, cost, like cost, my friend, yeah. you know? Yeah. We cost them lunch, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. And that's, and that's the thing. But, like, without – I literally had a conversation with their CFO today – because one of their marketing people said, I need admin, give me admin. And I sent a screenshot of their insurance that said no local administrators back to them and said, I need approval from the CFO before we do this. And then I got a call, don't do it. And he's like, we rely on, like without what you do, we wouldn't be in business. Aww. Like, I know, right? It was a really good feeling. But they also rely on it. They rely on it crazy heavy. Also, um, I need that screenshot for later. <laughs> call me. <laughs> right. You're welcome. <laughs> well, th- this again, uh, uh, beginner uh, topics that you should be putting together for getting your IT uh, budget be put together. You should be thinking about these. You should have them uh, prepped. It should be a sit down, think about these topics uh, beginning three months ahead of time, minimum, before the beginning of your fiscal year. Most of the time, big businesses require you have it submitted three months before the fiscal year so they can begin reviewing it and revising it. Well, and that's, and that's it. Like whether it's your managed IT provider, whether it's your internal like IT director or CIO, 
Like these are all things that need to be coming up at the executive level because it's important and it's a huge part of how your business runs now. And if you're not paying attention to it, it's absolutely going to catch up with you at some point. It might not be today. It might not be tomorrow. But at some point, it's either going to be a threat actor getting in because you didn't layer on enough defense. It's going to be something critical dies. It's that million-dollar machine out in your warehouse that is still running a 10-year-old PC or 15-year-old PC. Like At some point, that's going to die. Plan to replace it. Because most of these things can't be changed on a moment's notice. At some point, I'm not going to be able to replace that 15 to 20-year-old computer. It's just there's no way. We have this cool podcast you've been listening to on the occasion that yeah, keeps telling you to playbook. be proactive, not reactive. Uh, this has to have a, uh, y- you have to have the money to do that. So, you know, have the backing. You're already spending it, you, and it costs less to do so. So just be, have the plan to be proactive throughout the year. Well, and or accept that it's a... It, or accept the business risk and document it. Bingo. You know, it's, it, that's not well, a problem either. That's a mature thing. We talked about exceptions to the rule. Just make sure that you've you consciously made that decision. Make yeah, exactly. Make make sure it was a decision, because a lot of times what you're going to find is, especially with compliances that are coming down the pipeline or are here, insurances. If you have an exception and they know it, and they still bind you, then you're okay. Plan for it. It's an acceptable risk. And that goes for compliances as well. Just want to put the little asterisk there. It's not just insurances. Like, let's say uh, HIPAA. You know, let's say that you made a plan to move something and you uh, moved the date and you had that in documentation and something happened with HIPAA. HIPAA's very much works with you as long as you have documentation that you made the effort. You know, the compliances work with you as well in some cases. Well, almost all of these things are like kind of like taxes. It's all about the story you tell and what the provider or your CPA is willing to help you back up, right? <laughs> well, I mean, like, but it's it true, is. though. You're, like, you're dead can, right. It's like, if I have a really clear path forward and a journey mapped out for a client, so let's say we bring on a new medical office that has HIPAA and we know that it's going to take them probably two years to get to this point and they get audited in six months, well, they probably aren't going to have 100% of the things done that they need to do in that six-month period. But I'm going to be able to sit down with the HIPAA auditor and go, hey, yes, you're right. You got us on these three things. They're on the roadmap for six months from now. Here's all the things we've checked off the roadmap over the last six months. How bad are you going to ding me? Right. Well, until the next podcast, go to businesstechplaybook.com. Otherwise, you can check the show notes as well. Podcast at etoptechnology.com. Come uh, say hi at uh, the offices in Redlands, California at ETOP. You know, give uh, BJ a high five. And also, uh, I don't know if you know this, but you could, you know, it, send a duck call to Etop. Oh, good lord! Uh, he he really likes duck calls. I don't I don't know why, but uh, if you could play us out with one, the run, that'd be the, great. The running the running joke here is Mr. Robbie sent me a duck call because I've got ducks in my backyard. He's a big you know, duck enthusiast. Yeah, well, I don't know about enthusiast, but duck tolerant at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we're like waiting. And subscribe. We're waiting. <laughs> oh, barely picked up. Until next time.